You are listening to the Fresh Take Network. Down 2023, 10 years of FTN, the bona fide set of entertainment in podcasting. Joshua Adam Lamarra, that with the talented, sexy, the dangerous, the Devin Near, ah, ah, ah. Stephen Seal. Whoa, 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 whoa. We didn't really see that though. Not yet. Anyways. We did. We did actually. Really? Very end. Mm. On the building, there's a clicker. I so mm. noticed it the second time around that I saw it. Oh, well, you've seen it twice. I've seen it once. And I will and be was... seeing it three times. And Adam and I uh, will be giving you a special pod afterwards because Adam and I will be attending the Last of Us premiere. Mm-hmm. So that will be really cool. Um, and I think I'm going to lay on that with Devin and stuff in here. Just for those that do know, we record this podcast out of Alberta. And... There's a few Alberta sites in there. I got feedback from uh, parents and my sister and a few others of what they thought scenes were. So we'll get to predictions of that in a bit here. But let's just go right to the start of it. Um, so Last of Us came out in 2013, pretty much the dawn of FTN. So this is a a 10-year cycle. That summer, we were talking about The Last of Us. Uh, it was one of the first games that we reviewed. And here we are 10 years later now and the show is out so i i'm trying to go back and find the shows that we talked about the game initially because right. i really am interested to hear that conversation to now as we were i think it was over about three three or four pods that we were going over talking about the game but um devin your initial thoughts of this new hbo show Oof. um it's funny. I, it this kind of emotional response I get from several of those scenes in the sh- in the show in the first episode were exactly as I felt uh, mm-hmm. watching these watching these cameos that you get watching Star Wars shows, you know, mm-hmm. from your childhood or whatever. Like when when I saw Anakin and Obi Wan just a couple months ago, I felt a certain way. Uh, watching the truck scene in the first half of the episode. I got that exact same feeling. And so it's almost like uh, it's, I guess it's a form of nostalgia. It's kind of like a good version of PTSD because I remember yeah. the very first time I booted my brand new PlayStation three super slim that I bought specifically to play this game. Right. And in that first episode, that first hour and a bit where you're going through all those kind of guided tours of the game, and then you're going through all these long cut scenes that aren't really cut scenes that, you know, that, that happens and you're just like, what, what am I going to get into? And uh, The Last of Us, as a video game, has probably established itself as one of the most emotionally driven character dramas in AAA video games, I think. That, uh, that car scene, too. I was like, I, <laughs> it's weird. I was cheering at times watching this, which I, okay. talk, talking to colleague of FTN, uh, Andy Kenyar, who's their big Thrones guy, right? And 
uh, you know, when we had House of the Dragon, had read the books and the th- last things that read the books. And I, I can't help but feel there's a minor parallel here between what Thrones fans felt and now what Last of Us, fan- last of Us fans are feeling. It's a different mm-hmm. characteristic, right? You know, what Thrones or Harry Potter fans had of they're reading those Potter or those Throne books. And yes, there's other books. I'm just saying those are two of the bigger pop culture sides that people were planning for stuff. But they read those books and like, oh, this is what I think Dumbledore looks like or this is what I think Daenerys and the dragon look like for Thrones, right? And they have that imagination side to them. For us, we had sank ourselves into that ability to feel that, like you were talking about, right? Like I remember feeling the dread when I woke up as Sarah and walking around the house and be like, oh God, what's going on? I don't know. Yeah. What to expect from this game? Is this going to be like a Silent Hill type of thing? Like this is freaky or, and you mentioned the car too, like, the point of view of the player that you have for Sarah was that shot when you come up to the Texas uh, yeah. uh, road signs there. I'm like, that would only happen if Truckman was part of it. So that was a nice little wink and nod to the gamers there. That was that the airplane crashing. Like, and, and we've seen multiple Instagram accounts who put side by sides with the yeah. game and, and especially in that kind of five, 10 minute scene and what they were able to reproduce is just incredible. Uh, but what's funny about the show and I think if we, if this show came out ten years ago or nine years ago after the after the, the game had come out, and we were different people back then, I don't know how we would have reacted to a lot of these subtle changes that they made between the first episode and yeah. the first probably quarter of the game, which is where maybe even in the first uh, fifth or sixth of the game, where the first episode leaves off. Um, and you'll have to remind me of some of the nuances because I didn't watch a Let's Play before before getting into this uh yeah I, I i went back and i played a little bit of the game uh and then i also watched a lot of i watched uh pretty much the the made movies uh on youtube of this yeah. and part two so there was stuff like the viper dvd thing which i would have totally gone over my head because i haven't played last of us two since the pandemic uh and now that i just watched it there's the conversation with dina and her talking about that at the beginning yes. of, of last of us two and yeah that's when her and Joel, we don't know they're adrift, but they're adrift. And again, I guess spoilers for Last of Us 2 will be coming up here. So just be prepared for that. And this, I'm not going to, it's going to come all over the place. So I'll try to keep this for Last of Us 2 stuff. We probably won't talk about it too much, but just a heads up. So just give it really quickly, give me a couple of the differences from the game and from the first episode, just to jog my memory. Yeah. Um, so well, obviously, obviously the neighbors, the, the, the neighbors, neighbors is much really different. Thing. Yeah, in, in in the game, Sarah comes down. Tommy's not in jail, um, right? No. I I think I can't remember where Joel went initially. Tommy calls and says, "Where's your dad? Where's your dad?" I think I think Joel goes over to the neighbor and said that they're crazy, right? And then yes. Sarah goes downstairs to some living room level area. Something hits the back the, patio, hits the, the back back patio door. door. Yeah, yeah. Neighbor, Mister Johnson. Let's just go with. Crashes through that window. Joel shoots him. Sarah's like, you shot him. He's like, yeah. he wasn't himself. Then Tommy's in the front driveway and they're ready to go. So, And that's and basically then, it. Yeah. Yeah. And the show, obviously, you know, the grandmother has uh, has been infected. She gets the, I, I'm assuming the, I don't know, once her daughter or her son or whatever, but whoever she's staying in, she infects them. Sarah goes and sees that, has the dog thing. That happens. The, the other major differences that I saw was... Um, so about the Boston mm. stuff. Um, well, the kid, the yeah. kid, the kid isn't a thing. Uh, that's so, that's a big, that's such that a big switch to to the to the real Ellie. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, that was a pretty obvious one. Um, no, but the Boston stuff, 
uh, does Tommy actually go missing? Like, is he in contact with Tommy while he's in Boston? No. I don't think so, so. We don't we don't really mention Tommy again, right? They, we know they had a falling out because I do believe still that he was a firefly. Um, uh, Tommy was. Tommy was. Yeah. Yeah. But so also, Tommy was a firefly. So, but yeah, also, there's would... a lot of like remorse from like the death and stuff. Because I think, I think, um, I'm pretty sure that they fell out over how Sarah died and like he wasn't able to save him or something like that. And he holds a lot of like grudge and stuff like that. Yeah. So there's that, um, is the the, car battery stuff. Uh, that's a little different, right? It's different. Like they're chasing after that guy. Right. So I believe Tess gets attacked and then they go and kind of confront him. And then I can't remember if Tess kills him or Marlene kills him, but they both kind of run into each other. And Marlene says that she has what they need. Then Marlene does get attacked in some ways. And then we're off and running yes. with Ellie. So the, the point of where Marlene is, is there. We don't see obviously Ellie in the Firefly base locked up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Don't they hand them off to Joel and Tess uh, because they're going to go like make this big attack? They start attacking. Some, There's a big terrorist attack in Boston. Yeah, and that's right? Marlene, and that's why Marlene yeah. is bleeding out at that point. So that's what I again thought. subtle differences, but kind of like um, I think Troy Baker said this is like some of the stuff you're going to see are for the benefit of television, and he's like they do, and you understand. And I'm like I understand the directions with everything. You know, I mean, even with that kid coming in, it's to kind of just give you a subtle side of this is what it means when you're infected. The red thing means you're infected, and this is what yeah, they do with the dead, it, and was, this is yeah. how they get into QZ and all that kind of stuff. It'd be it's interesting uh, to a side of like, could that a kid? We don't know like what he had for how long he's been infected. Could he have been you know potentially like Ellie for all we know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why that's why it's like a subtle. Or it's we don't like see many children, right? We don't see many children, and that's something I don't think we see any children um, infected. That's something that they do with Last of Us 3. I do wonder if that's something that Druckmann and the writers will work on as saying it's maybe immune in children. But, I mean, maybe that word would have carried on further by this point. I don't know. I mean, and, and Riley turns, I guess, as I'm talking things out. Well, one of the things that it... it so I, I'm, I I'm with the show. I'm, Sorry. I'm, with you, I'm with you there in terms of the differences. Um, I mentioned that I don't have a great recollection of the first game, but yeah, uh, we, the, diff- it, the difference what, 10 years are subtle. Ago, right? So the 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 like the, the 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 race bending of certain characters didn't bother me whatsoever. Uh, Pedro Pascal looks great, sounds great. Tommy sounds great. Holy shit, Tommy sounds almost exactly like Troy Baker, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, but the show did a really good job of establishing, especially twenty years later, um, the restrictions placed on people in the guise of safety right so they do let that kid in they do all the testing and they promise to give them toys and they promise to give them food and once they get the negative result you're right we don't know if that person was immune or not um but essentially there was no mercy for anyone who shows up right on that screen yeah and uh we kind of see that a little bit later when when uh it happens to ellie um and that kind of is the big reveal with her special I suppose some people uh, had a problem show... with that scene too by the way because they said that was rushed too much I'm like yes but it's also this is again I understand because on the game and I think it's going to pay off for people you know 
again, I don't want to try to jump too hard. We'll probably have a spoiler side, but with what we know and what I how I think episode two is going to end, um, it will pay off to have a bigger impact. I think the point of this that Druckmann and the writers want to get to is like, this is why Ellie's special. She's a, she was big, yeah. she was immune. Come back to watch the show next week. Whereas for the gamers, they're the ones that seem to be more upset about it because the gamers is like, how did this happen? What happened? And then you go on and, and talk well, about it as a you're lot, going a through lot of the criticism. A lot of a lot of the criticism is why didn't they do it like the game? Yeah. That's 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 really the, the crux of the issue. And and you're absolutely right. And I think what you mentioned about Troy Baker was right, was some things you have to do because TV and games don't work the same. And I watched I watched the first episode with someone who has no connection to the property whatsoever. And I I think if you were to not show, not have that reveal within that first episode, you would have totally lost a good chunk of the population. Because let's be real here, uh, the Last of Us setting is kind of generic, right? There's yeah. no there's no question about it. Uh, it's it, it's interesting that it's kind of 20 years in the future and not like immediately after the infected and it's interesting that humanity has kind of rebuilt itself in many ways that's those are unique but in terms of like how it portrays like you know the downfall of civilization that's all rather banal um but what's important are, are you you grow attached to these two outsiders right it's it's like a yeah. classic tale of like the guy warming up and then them having a really strong bond and then you're you're basically going through the ups and downs of a personal relationship it's a it's a it's a human drama wrapped around uh, a fungus infection more or less yeah yeah it's a solid point there so i i, I think i once i heard that i kind of accepted i mean the, the other big thing this week was there's no spores and you've heard this different people who's there that warner brothers didn't want it and just because of like oh like it's just easier not to sh- it's easier not to shoot and have these things floating around in different rooms well minor the mask mask yeah, and stuff like that too yeah minor last of us two spoilers so fast forward for a minute one two three skip uh i do think it takes away a significant scene when they do season two of when ellie's mask breaks in the subway and she's with dina and dina's like your mask your mask your mask my god your mask and she's like no i'm okay i'm okay i'm okay i'm sure they'll figure a way out i mean they can have her get bit and dina can be like what the fuck you got bit and she's like what's going on like there's ways around it that's such a significant scene for ellie though and dina's relationship at that point um so i'm interested to see when they get to that how they portray it but it's not the end of the world not having spores it's probably just a logistical thing right it's another layer of uh cgi over over it uh it's it's filming people in masks and then how do you do a traditional old school gas mask which is what they would rely on where you can actually have their face and eyes lit and have them act and not only that have them be able to speak clearly right a lot of science fiction shows get out get around that by creating like these new science fiction masks that cover you know it's kind of like a diving mask almost mm-hmm. right think of like uh god what's some of the like what's that what the abyss or something like that yeah, or yeah, she has yeah. one of space odyssey right so it doesn't really work um it's probably just edited just for for tv as as they've said before um but one of the things uh and my partner mentioned this was just how convincing the show looked, right? Everything was, was very well lived in. And you know, what's funny is I'm sure like a lot of those houses, which are neighborhoods in Calgary um, or wherever, I would almost be, I'd almost bet you that they asked to film in people's houses and didn't change a single thing around except for like new technology. Like well, those couches. The DVDs, 
the DVDs are fucked because because the internet's crazy, right? Someone's like, oh, well, there's actually a box troll DVD here and Murderball, and these were this is the year that it was in. I'm like, oh my god. Okay, whatever. But in terms of like the couches, um, the IKEA bookcases, uh, the 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 CD player radio, like those are all things that are like that exist in people's houses nowadays. So. I bet you they didn't have to do a lot of set dressing except for like the occasional family, you know, pictures of family. And then, you know, a couple like, you know, the, the Alexa uh, speaker you might have on your kitchen yeah. table or something. Yeah. Well, it just looks, just looked great. It did. Um, and shout yeah, out to I, the, uh, shout out to that, like orange juice bot- bottle that we all buy from a uh, superstore. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we get more on the show again, shot here in Alberta. So a few things I thought. Um, the highway, I'm 80% sure that was stony. Mm. I mean, you could take any, you could take literally any exit off of Stony and it would look like that. The other thing I think too, it was that Stony in the back road there was Balzac, I think. <sighs> the other th- the but, thing that's important to remember is also like they may have shot on something here, but the background is digitally replaced too, right? Like there's we get oh, yeah. we get tons of shots of like the Austin downtown. And then there's a couple scenes of in downtown or the, or in, in the city of Austin. And, and yeah, they use a lot of Calgary landmarks, but for all we know that those could have been, those buildings could have been shot anywhere. And then. Well, the, the drive through that, uh, that was Kensington, I believe Kensington or Inglewood. Something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of those. I kinds swear of Boston was white app. There's a part of Boston. like, that's white app. Uh, one of the scenes around the watchmaker scene is where I know it's downtown looking upwards to Stephen Ave. So, uh, just, just really great seeing stuff like that. Um, it's funny, Calgary, Calgary in summertime, I didn't realize was like Texas and in the fall, but (laughs) here we are. The Austin powers line, right? It's like, I never realized how much London looks like Southern California in the summertime. (laughs) That's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, Bella Ramsey, who we didn't get to see a lot. I had a lot of res- reservations as we talked about the trailers and when we did our previews and everything like that of anticipated things. I had some reservations about Bella Ramsey. Yeah, she's Ellie. She's she's good. She's, her, like, voice is, her voice is great. I'll, I'll tell you the point that did it for me. And it was in, in wrestling terms, for those who understand, it was a mark out moment. I'm like, I yell I'm like, that's Joel and Ellie. That's Joel and Ellie. And I, I few other people that have done reviews was the mo- moment do you know the point when they sold me that it was joel and ellie i think you can guess no tell me anyways when the fedra guard gets is getting punched by joel and then ellie's behind him looking at him and she has this look and the lightning goes down i'm like mm. yep that's joel and ellie right fucking there thank you i thought her voice is, is great it's really convincing and, and she you curses know what like her oh that's well that's exactly it sorry she, she's written bang on she's written by the person who who created her yeah um but let's let's not remember let's not forget the i guess it was like a mild controversy back 10 years ago uh when the box art the acting the character models came out uh, with the comparison with the comparisons of ellen at the time page yeah and i fully respect uh the design staff to move away from that in a really distinct manner and just yeah. not to have any of those kinds of confusions. And like, could you find a character who looked like Ellen Page, uh, who was Ellen Page back then? I don't want to. I don't mean to to yeah. dead name them, but we're trying to compare them to different people. You're going. You're going in the prior, yeah. Yeah, we could have found someone. We could have found someone easily. That's not the yeah. point, though. 
Yeah. So well, Bella Ramsey, like, you know, what? I'm sure there's, I'm sure you're going to get tons of internet hate. I'm sure you're going to have to deactivate your Instagram for a while, but good on you. We're, we're proud of you over here. I think she's fine. She's not going to be the one that's going to have to worry. Whoever takes on the role of a certain golfer in season two, that actress is going to have an uphill battle. I mean, it all depends on how good the show is, I suppose. Right. Does yeah, that, I mean, is there, are we going to get a little revisionist history? Uh, people be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't like totally flame her on, on social media. Like you, I thought you've she seen was a great. few of those of like, well, I said last of us one was good. Like, because there was a few people like last of us sucks last of us is the worst with all the stuff and i mean i've had a few friends that came in it's like i i it's like i didn't realize last of us had such a contentious fan base i'm like yeah oh. they're like oh it's like star wars right like one was i'm like no what two is, is very worse. very good it's just worse because this is right uh surrounded in bigotry more than yeah. anything toxic uh, very toxic very very toxic and i still never forgive honest trailers for the portrayal they did in that second in that uh last of us two honest trailer which is just complete hate speech for the game and they fed in to all the trolls in there like i know the honest trailers are supposed to like kind of be making fun of stuff but they like completely bought into what all the the haters for the lack of mm. a better term were saying about that game i i, I couldn't help but think about stuff from last of us two in this and i'll go back to last of us one in a second here but so spoilers again if those haven't played the game um of just like well i was like man i'm excited for this and last of for the show right i'm excited for these beats and we'll talk about that Devin, i was like holy shit i'm excited for the abby joel scene and then i'm like oh my dear god when the rat king happens live i'm gonna lose my shit the rat, yeah the rat king is gonna be I mean, we still have like seven or eight story beats in Last of Us One we need to tackle. Yeah. And I, and you know what was, uh, what was the, really cool? the island with the seraphits? I was like, fuck. I mean, the David scene. Uh, the David scene's going to be good. The David scene, the hanging upside down scene with Bill's going to be good. The scene yeah. with Sam, the scene with Sam's going to be really good. Oh, uh, the back giraffes are going to be really good. The giraffe, it, yeah like and i what was really cool about this show as we mentioned before was the kind of a couple homage just like first person video game or third person video game just the way it was shot just seemed like a cut scene and not like for example the upside down scene when he's when joel's hanging upside down mm -hmm. i can almost picture in my mind how they're going to film that and i cannot wait because it's going to make me feel like i'm playing that level again which also just was one of those like rare fun ptsd moments in video games yeah that's that's the funny thing about this that i was worried about just as someone that played the game of there's such a sense of despair as a gamer of not having stuff to craft not having bullets right and always scavenging and trying to find that stuff and i still found myself tense in this moment right now of you know of like oh i know what's about to happen in the car and i mean We'll get a sense of that scavenging side uh, in, in yes. episode two because we will meet clickers in that point. So that'll be a really interesting point for the gamers of the first time you remember running into clickers and that dread you heard, right? Of, oh, well, I'm just going to fucking just run up on them and stab them. Nope, I cannot do that. Yeah, I have three bullets. Uh-oh. And I have a three yeah. bullets and a brick. What am I going to do? Yeah. 
and a pair of scissors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So oh, and then you that, stab them and you're like, wait a second, the scissors are gone now. Like, yes, yes, they are. That's, that's going to be taken out of it. I, I, they did a good job of bringing the tent side of things to it. Uh, I think, and you know, I really love when you talk about the opening scene and that has to go to um, forgetting the guy's name right now. I'll have to get that in a second, but the, the creator of Chernobyl, you know, that was him. That was such a perfect prestige television scene at the beginning, mm. having that 1970s yeah. show talking about viruses, but then talking about the fungal thing. And you had the guy that plays big head in uh, Silicon Valley. And at first like, Oh, your silly fungal thing. And by the end, like, and we'll be uh, right back as the, this. Yeah. It's just totally terrified. And yeah. over everybody. And he did my mom who knows nothing, obviously about this game or anything like that watching it she's like i really like that they did that first for me because i would have had no idea and she's like it kind of set a tone and she's like it differentialed me from another thing because she was like oh this is just like a zombie show right i'm like yeah yeah it is but it isn't I'm they're like, not really I don't, zombies by I don't definition look at it, is it no. like in a way i kind of look at it in some ways like 28 days later which is coincidental because you got to think Druckmann based the runners off of the 28 days later uh infected in that right so there's a little bit of that because I, I don't look at them as they don't crave flesh. If you look at the biological nature side of this, of what that fungus disease does to ants, yeah. it's the ant isn't looking to eat flesh. It's getting destroyed inside by the fungus and messing with their brain to make them portray out more of the fungal virus to spread along so the virus, the fungus can li live longer and pass yep. along its seed. And that's all this is happening. So when the granny has the fungus portraying from her mouth, it's not as much as she's craving flesh like you would have from like a walking dead zombie, for example. There is a sense of wanting nutrients in the body, right? But it's also a sense of I will spread on this infection because now that is what my mm -hmm. mind has perceived to do. We've, we've seen clickers and bloaters and shambles and all these guys live in sewers for decades and not have nutrients and survive. So the nutrient well, it's, scene it's is like it's like warm and damp and like it's a perfect yeah. place for a fungus to grow. Yeah. So we see so it's a lot all just about it's about nutrients, but so passing on the, the genetic makeup somewhere else. So yeah. And that's kind of the one thing about like eating people, which was one of those things that like you know, just just kind of chewing on people was just kind of funny to me, uh, in in the in the portrayal of the TV show. Uh, but such a minor gripe, right? You're, you're just you just have to learn how to be afraid of them. Uh, the scene though with uh, the runner kind of chasing after Joel and, and Sarah with a broken ankle through the kitchen, phenomenal scene. Like that stunt actor, the mm. way that they threw he themselves, like the way they threw themselves, like over booths and through kitchen equipment and like hitting himself on the door, like top notch stunt performing. Ten out of ten for that one. Yeah, I wonder even the granny. <laughs> took it on the doorknob really hard <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much i mean I, overall um i'm i'm really happy uh it's a, it's, it's a great start off uh the changes they made were subtle uh a little noticeable but not really like to the detriment of anything i don't think there's anything that was like oh i can't believe they did this or did that um I'm encouraged just to see how their relationship grows. And that's kind of the, that's the most important thing is Joel and Ellie, right? That's why they're so famous. Yeah. Two things to hit on before we move on. Uh, Pedro, Pedro, uh, just, just like, put him with the person. Nailed it. 
and have an escort message. <laughs> That's what he does now. Um, and we'll talk about Mando a little bit later here with the trailer that just dropped. Um, but he, at, at times, he felt like Joel. Like, he felt like Joel. You know, there, there was the Bridges stuff for a while ago. Bridges has to be, he has to be, um, he has to be uh, Joel. And, you know, I, I thought Pascal was perfect as him and just the scenes that he had. He really felt like Joel, both the early Joel and the later Joel. He he was great, and I can't wait to see him kind of evolve through everything. Um, and the last thing is, so we're kind of maybe in a better period for video game side that we've been in for a while now. I would say Sonic, well, it wasn't perfect to every letter of the story, and he has an owl mother, and there's some weird stuff in there. But you still have kind of a basic story of the chaos emeralds that are pretty close and tails was close and has his plane like okay and and i would say sonic is was received positively uh detective pikachu was fine like pretty my good kids. This, yeah i think pretty as, good as far as the pokemon in there the pokemon were retrieved good uh the last mortal Kombat, we were so close we were very close very close uh but then it just gets me more excited for Mario now, right? And I and I think it comes down to when you have the creators of that product yeah. around, you have a better idea of how to use those characters. So what we saw in here, having a guy like Druckmann compared to not having him part of Uncharted, Uncharted does not feel like Uncharted. They, they don't know what Uncharted is. Yes, it made, it, and, and I think it showed, and you've been echoing this more than anyone I know in any, in any stream of video games, podcasts, whatever, of what video games do as a genre as a generation of money and you're starting to hear a lot of people this week say like well video games generate the most money and i think that's a big reason why uncharted made 400 million dollars at the box office and tom holland and mark Wahlberg are big stars but that uncharted name is a name that matters and yeah. we're seeing it with the last of us making you know the highest since house of the dragon for a premiere it's because the last of the us name matters. Video games matter as an entity. They are the biggest entertainment entity in the world. And you saw that with how much money is starting to get dragged in from these properties. I think what was interesting, what's unique about the last of us as a property was it's one of, along with uncharted is it's one of the very few or the most successful examples of a backseat gamer game where you can have someone watch you play and feel just as invested as if they were playing themselves, right? We talked about Uncharted yeah. doing that. We talked about Last of Us doing that. And so I think it's rather an easy sell for people who are not used to the game or have never played or have no connection. Um, was that, is that nature of it? And then secondly, like it also deals with, you know, a pretty easy, like the elevator pitch is actually pretty simple. Um, yeah. There's obviously a lot of twists and turns which make it unique, but you know, you talked about a lot of good video game um, There's a lot adaptations. Of yeah, we got to mention Halo, right? Like yeah. Halo just crawled and again, and Last people of Us that is aren't part running. of people aren't that are part of it. Uncharted was like that's why I said Uncharted was bad too. And I think the reason why you know what we've seen so far out of Mario, and I could be wrong, but I think it's because Miyamoto is on part of the creative team at the time and giving them directions of ways to go with his character, right? Druckmann's part of ways to go. And I saw people now like, oh, well, Bioshock's going to be good and this is going to be good. And like, Bioshock, I'm still super nervous about yeah, because Ken Levine's not part of that staff. If Ken yeah. Levine was part of the staff, I'd be good. If, you know, and I, I think, and for Red Dead, some people are like, oh, well, Red Dead, you can't miss. I'm like, well, I would have thought you can't miss with Lara Croft. And you, and you missed pretty much three times. Hmm. It's it's really tough. It's 
we become so connected to these characters because of because of the bonds that you the things you go through together with shared experiences uh but also the writing staff has so much time to kind of let that sink in right um when you spend all this time on a on one character's face let's say lara croft did something like especially in those those three games that just came out that were wildly successful i've played all three of them yeah her change from game one to game three is completely drastic but Mm -hmm. they try to but when you're trying to capitalize on that ip you're trying to squish that into two hours well i've played all three of those games for probably about 60 hours in total including the story, including grinding out things, including rewatching cutscenes where you see her kill someone for the first time. That wasn't like a five minute, like teary little monologue. That was like what she dealt with for like levels and levels and levels and levels in those games. Mm-hmm. And by the end of, you know, Tomb Raider one, she was kind of like that person who just started, but she had gone through, she had gone through those things and felt those things. And that's kind of where we like, we're we're in such a rush to get to you know to capitalize on these these uh, properties without kind of it's the same thing we see with DC it's the same thing we see with kind of Transformers right we just we bounce around we bounce around we bounce around until we find you know until until we kind of go back to the the drawing board and it's like wait a second like what Bumblebee worked super simple concept super simple design ideas and it there's just like, wait a second, this is what people want. Like, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. We're just trying to like add some more spokes to the wheel. Yeah. When you jump too far, it's, it's a great analogy. To, if you just jump too far ahead, right. You try to crush too many things. I mean, it's at least the thing in MK that I was thankful for of like, they didn't like, and now we go to the Mortal Kombat tournament and now you face Shane soon. And now you face Shao Kahn. It's like, yeah. Okay. We're going to come let's back up. a little bit here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with Mario, you kind of seen Mario, from day one and we'll see how it goes and i mean last of us had talked for being a movie for a while and sam uh sam raimi i believe was going to be the one that was in charge of it with his horror background and whatnot just it kind of just shows like how would you have done this as a movie i don't know you could have done last of us no it wouldn't have you get a million you get a you get a million movies of, of two people meeting together and then like they become family at the end yeah it's not that's not the point of that like joel and ellie were never really family per se but they're still bonded together. There's so, so many story beats, right? Like Mario can be a movie. If you wanted to do an Animal Crossing movie, I'm sure there's a creative way you can do it. If you want to <laughs> yeah. do a Zelda movie, you can do it, right? Even Donkey Kong, you can probably do it. With games like Last of Us or Red Dead or Uncharted even, maybe Uncharted you could do a movie for, but I do think there's an idea to make Uncharted a show that would work a little bit better in in, in a vein of like a Mando in some ways uh because uh, there's just so many case beats right you mentioned with this of like and i don't want to spoil it for people but we we kind of know like the case beats of everything like that right of even getting to to david right that is a six oh. or seven ep- that's an hour yeah thing. you can't just be like and then she meets this guy named david and he was a cannibal it's like oh okay and then they just move on you need to let that simmer and grow you may even want to have the david thing grow over two episodes yeah, and, and and I would understand that they did that. I almost prefer if they do that, right? Of of meeting Bill. I don't know if you just want to meet Bill and have this. And it seems like Murray Barlett's going to be playing Frank, which is really really cool. Um, so you're going to get the story of a little bit more of a growth and the story of Bill and Frank that we only got through notes and dialogue between Joel and Bill. So that's going to be really exciting. The critics keep on talking about episode three 
is one of the best episodes of television that you're going to see this year. But it's also going to sway viewers that are either going to stay with the show or leave the show. Right. Okay. And Good to know. I believe that is going to be about Frank and Bill's story. That's my guess, just with the story beats and the way I look at it, and we have nine episodes. That's kind of my prediction of where things are going. Because remember, like Last of Us isn't like the other thing that came into this, like the drug said, this show is not very is not as violent as people think it's gonna be. And I'm like, at the end of the day, as far as the story goes, The Last of Us wasn't about violence. You as the gamer bring out violence, but the story of The Last of Us is not about violence. It's about story. Yeah, well, you can go through most of the game, a large majority of the game, without having to kill anything if yeah. you really wanted to, right? So it's just so. a vehicle to build. It's a vehicle to build the atmosphere and it's a vehicle to build the relationship between the two characters. So yeah. um, good, to know about, good to know about episode three. I'll definitely relay that message. I give it a nine out of 10 for the first episode. Yeah, I'm like 8.7 to nine. Um, yeah. There's not a lot of things that I would change. It's just a matter of I'm excited to see where it goes. And you know what? I think a 90 minute format worked really, really well. Um, I'm, I'm trying not to bring any previous expectations in. I don't want to assume that the first season will be the first game. For all we know, the first season will end with, with uh, Salt Lake City or or jackson uh wyoming or something like that right we have no idea uh episode two dev 55 minutes episode three this launted episode three is another hour and 20 minute episode nice yeah good to know yeah can't wait so i'm guessing that is uh that is bill in that one all right uh we got a few other things to kind of talk about really quick here and then uh we will uh get out of here in a bit uh bad batch not a lot to really talk about bad batch the first two episodes we're again just kind of about her place, Omega's place in in the group and whatnot. I don't I don't really have a lot to add to it. it, it I'd rather talk about episode three. Yeah, you're either in or you, like you you already know what you're getting with one and two. Three was like three is one of those episodes that just makes you go like this is exactly the kind of universe that's out there. The stories to be told, and the the character development is so incredibly important that that's why these characters work well. Uh, we finally got to see Cody just such a badass in gray armor. Yeah. But that episode had like, you know, it was a very simple plot device, but um, is just planting the seeds of, of discourse within the empire and how things work and the pieces that, that planets and people had to pick up after the clone wars. And when the crosshair turns baby face again, it's going to be fantastic. But he's kind of a bastard. I don't know if he will. That's the thing. Like, I don't know if he will. I mean, and Cody's story, like, you know, obviously Rex and some of the other clones, we get a kind of finality to them uh, in in uh, Rebels. We kind of find more about them in Rebels and have somewhat of a finality of Rex and everyone with Rebels. I, I think they may be part of Ahsoka as well. I think Rex might be. Um, but Cody, you don't hear a lot about in Rebels. So it was nice to see what's going on with Cody. And I mean, I don't know if he's getting executed or getting put down the chain in the empire, but obviously Cody has disappointed those uh, that are higher ranked. The best part is we don't know yet. We're going to find out. And, uh, you know, we can only assume that Rex and Cody will be together, which would just, you know, bring a little, just a little, little tear to my eye. Uh, I can't wait for the Hot Toys six scale figures of uh, the new, the new Rex and Cody from this show. 
just this this is what star wars is all about to me are those kinds of uh people realizing their place in the the galaxy at large that seemed like it just seemed like a classic clone wars episode kind of reminded me of that clone wars where uh with the original clone in some ways where they were just all the troopers and they had the training over and over again i love those those episodes in the original clone wars when we're just with the troopers and we hear their backstories yeah. at times like I, I i'm fine being with the batch and omega at times but it's really really nice to be um with just some of the troopers sometimes they read they really they, they fully realize that i mean the first two episodes were one for them uh them as being children and episode this episode three was one for us so yeah. we're gonna have to do a couple more episodes for them uh you know it's a great show if you have a kid to the between the ages of five and nine um you know for being quite honest it's, it's a good show uh but once in a while they drop these philosophical nuggets that just make you go like i want more from this era like this is the this is the like i know everyone like you know, wants to hear what happened after the Death Star and blah, 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 blah. blah. And we get that. We get that Mando. We get that in Book of Boba Fett. But we see getting built in this is. Yeah, this is the this is the type of this is the type of era that I really like to see. Um, Again, just hitting on some stuff really quickly here. Uh, you saw Avatar. I haven't seen Avatar. So just kind of a quick uh, review from you on that. You already know what you're getting into, man. You know if you like it or not, even without seeing it. Um, yeah. It's it's a really cool spectacular uh, event. I didn't see it in 3D. I don't know if I would have wanted to see it in 3D. Uh, that being said, though, such a turn your brain off movie. Um, it, the story wise, it's kind of like what what who the fuck gives a shit, right? Like, okay, now there's water people. Um, there's a couple logistical or questions that I have about choices made in the movie. Uh, but in terms of like character design, set design, just the world at large, it's like a 10 out of 10. So overall, it's probably a solid eight. It's an 8.0, 8.2. Your mileage will vary. Um, am I going to see it multiple times in my lifespan? Probably not. But am I really happy that I saw it one time in the theater? Yeah, I'm pretty happy. I will hold the massive L that I thought it was going to be a box office flop. I still... I'm still one of those people, though. I don't understand how a movie that makes this much money has no cultural pop culture impact. It is the most bizarre thing I've ever had. There's no people having Avatar conversations. There's no, no. people like having like putting the Navi into certain conversations about where it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We're, it's, not going, it's we're, not going, we're not going to be changed. I'm not going to learn anything new about myself. It's like going to Top Gun. Like, Apart from like you talking, but to I your heard conversations family. about that. No, People but like not really though. Like yes, conversation like what deep philosophical conversations about freaking not deep, but no. just like oh, this part was cool and this part was awesome. Yeah, but those aren't like that's like typical this? movie stuff. This? Like, and then there was no, we're not. Then there was the debate about stuff. This is like people. There's see nothing it. to debate yeah. in top. It was good. It was fun. It's like oh, okay. Yes, like, it, it was good. and It was fun. I've just I've never seen a movie have this much of a box office impact. And have such little impact, uh, pop culture wise. But at the end of the day, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter because people are going, having a good time, and it's making its money. The one thing that I will say that which is absolutely completely incredible, and I have not watched the first one. You never seen the first? Oh, okay. No, no, like in ten years. Yeah, yeah. The the way that technology has progressed to the point where the skin of the Navi 
looks like it's painted on the human flesh yeah is mind-blowing like it was so seamless that i i cannot wait for the future where all of these movies will be completely digital but yet still so convincing to the real eye like i know we have a long ways to go there's definitely a couple of things here and there in terms of the cgi that didn't quite hit right there's a couple of moments where like the frame rate slows ever so slightly but mm-hmm. there's there's close-ups of people's faces there's close-ups of like of, of like you know their their bodies and the close-up like that just was you could have told me that they painted people blue and put them in like the whole uh mandalorian 360 video screen thing and i would mm-hmm. totally believe you but the right. even the people are cgi which is just great um and you know what young sigourney weaver kind of weird <laughs> but i'll leave it at that i'll leave it at that my friend go uh, watch it just go on a tuesday go on a tuesday watch it for three hours Movies, I will say these movies got to stop with this three-hour bullshit. I've had enough of shit. I know. There's so many. Even um, RRR. It's like three hours and five minutes. It's like Babylon no, is you. three hours. I was like, I want to see yeah. Babylon, but I'm like, I don't want to see the, like, at least in Avatar, I'm going to be like, my eyes are going to be visually satisfied. Like, I don't yes. really know if I want to sit through three hours of Babylon. If if you're going to keep me there, you got to either keep me there with like crazy visuals or crazy story, but you got to have one of the two. Yeah. Um, and then look, I know people want this in-depth white lotus finale thing, but the time has kind of passed. It came out a month ago. All I'll say is I was very satisfied with the finale. Uh, white Lotus, I think it took itself, as you talk about pop culture relevancy, it took itself to another level of pop culture yeah. relevancy on the hierarchy of HBO television. I would probably say, I mean, we'll see where The Last of Us goes. It's been one episode, but I would say as far as important shows to them, it's in the top three with House of the Dragon Succession and now White Lotus. Like it is a big time and relevant and euphoria. It yeah. it seems it seems like the water cooler show right now, even ahead of some of those other shows. I the, the, it was just everywhere for that finale, that the social media impact that it had, uh Jennifer Coolidge's impact that she's had. It her was, acceptance uh, speech was just beautiful fantastic uh mike white can pretty much get green light whatever he wants now i'm sure at this point um so i mean if we knew there was a white lotus season three i would have had it on my top 10 automatically white lotus season two is is definitely superior to one one is great yeah. i loved one but this just took it to a different level uh of what you get from this from this show now I mentioned it before and the way that we were able to basically negotiate and remember people's names in at least three different character arcs throughout that show and 10 to 15 characters versus what a show like Andor was trying to do was Mm -hmm. just incredible. Uh, You're right. Season two was far and away better than season one. And the reason why I think it's such a water cooler show is because it hits every single demographic. Everyone who's interested in, in prestige television can find something to watch about this. It doesn't alienate a single group of people because House of the Dragon, you kind of have to already be into to Game of Thrones. And if to be in Game of Thrones, you kind of got to be into fantasy, um, nudity, sex, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, if you're Euphoria, you're a certain generation, you're a certain group of people, right? Probably, we're, we're probably just on the cusp of aging out from a show like Euphoria, right? So for people who are in university or who are young, young adults now, um, 
So this show though, like I could talk to my mom about this. I could talk to my girlfriend about this. I could talk to you about this. I could talk to hell. Maybe there's a, you know, there's a guy from, from some of my hobbies who would watch it with their significant others who would just like, so it brings people together that have really no business being together. And uh, everyone, everyone kind of has a character that they like. There's characters they don't like. It's very, it's not really polarizing per se. It's kind of, it's, it's satisfying in some ways and it leaves you wanting more. So RIP to Jennifer Coolidge's character, but please, please, please bring back Bert for season three. Cause I need, I need way more Bert in my life. He's just the best. His, his Achilles heel is his Achilles cock. And just the way that she died was just like, yep. He's like, that, 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 that seems about right. It was the only time in the whole two seasons of the show where she was self-confident. She's like, I got this. Donk. No, did and, not have it at all. And she left us with two of my favorite quotes that I have with my family at times of these are these are some high class gays. That these gays are trying to kill me. And yeah. when she was talking on the phone, it's like he was kind of fucking his uncle. <laughs> Everything about that this episode this season was just great. And, and then uh, the Peppa Pig line from episode two was up there as well so many memes right and so many little callbacks this is the kind of show um i would love to watch season two with someone who has never seen it before Mm -hmm. because i want to see it through their eyes but i also want to see it through my eyes and all the things that i missed the first time right yeah the winks and the nods and i love that not every character has to have every loose thread tied together yeah. Sometimes we don't need to know about people's backstories. Sometimes it's just about a two-week romance. Um, yep. You know, Al- Albie and Lucia, friggin' so obvious. Such such in plain sight, but at the same time was still kind of shocking. And yeah. I would just, I would, and it leaves me wanting more, almost like a post-credit scene of the airline flight from Italy back to LA with Albie and his dad. Mm-hmm. I would I would pay to see like a half an hour episode of that of just them sitting together and just be like you fucking idiot how are you going to pay me back yeah yeah so very happy with Lotus and we talked a little bit about it in our, our year in review there but I, I wanted that we never got a full conversation now with the rundown I know it's unfortunate it well Christmas timing. New Year's yeah, yeah World Juniors timing. yeah um the last thing is there's not really a lot of Hollywood rundown stuff. We've had Globes go on. We've had Critic Choice Awards go on. So we've seen some of that stuff. So had a lot of conversations there. Uh, one unfortunate passing of uh, Lisa Marie Presley passed away. So that was kind of a shocker. Had a heart attack. And it was yeah, crazy wasn't just meant because to be. just the fact that we saw her at the Globes uh, when Austin Butler won. And now, obviously, that will be part of this uh, Oscar push now for Elvis and mm-hmm doing it for her and whatnot but it just you got to feel bad for out of all people in this priscilla of she's seen her husband die too young she's seen her daughter die too young and that's the kind of stuff when that happens you're just like man that's fucking sucks i mean at least they got to see uh elvis gaming gaining a lot of steam in the in the uh yeah the awards categories so yeah they were so a big part of the inputs and she said that yeah. she did enjoy the film so it's cool it's tough um, and then again, no easy way to transition from that kind of stuff. Uh, only two trailers that came out. Uh, first Ant Man. All I'll say is Kane looks terrifying. <laughs> Jonathan Majors is just like he. He might be like I know he's not a breakout star because he's already kind of broken out, but like 
I need more of him. Like he's he would gonna... be, I think he would be, he would be a Bond. Mm. If if we can't have Idris Elba, I want him as Bond. Or he could be Voodoo King. He could be whatever he wants. He could be uh, like uh, what's like the Red Tornado, Mister Terrific, or whatever. Yeah. Oh could yeah, be that'd be good. Mister Terrific would yeah, be good. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. I mean, he's gonna have quite the first quarter of 2023. Like he goes and does Kang, and then he goes into that Creed movie. Yeah. So he's basically in everything be... the next like year and a half. Yeah, I get you said you can't really be a breakout star again, but I'm like, can't you? Because and and he has Loki this year as well, so we're getting double the Kang this year. He just looks awesome. People are not thrilled with how Modoc looks at times. I'm I'm fine with. It. I wish it wasn't um, Corey Stoll. Again, I wish it was maybe someone different. But I, the initial design, I don't think it's bad. I'm just happy to get Modoc and see where we go with Aim and all that kind of stuff. I'm excited for. Classic Marvel villain that we've you know yet to tap into. It's just like, how do you make a giant head floating in a seat uh, cool? I don't think you, you don't, can really. It's kind you of can't. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah, you have to kind of make them as best you can. So kind of like make him crane almost from like Ninja Turtles. Maybe we will. Who knows, right? Like that's that's the hard thing is now is Modok actually based like so so Corey Stoll, his character Darren Cross was that what is it was that yeah. what it was? He got yeah, sent yeah. like basically to yellow the Shadow jacket. Realm. Yeah, yellow, yellow jacket. jacket got like sent to the Shadow Realm. So yeah, you know we're gonna find out his backstory and that'll be kind of cool. So. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we got a Mando trailer. Uh, I got to see Chopper. So I'm very excited to see the Chopper. It's going to be double the Chopper this year. Lots and this lots and of Mando. Lots of, lots lots of Mandalorian Mando. costumes. Yeah. That looked really good. Uh, people that didn't watch Boba Fett are be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Grogu's back? <laughs> what? You mean, you mean the best two episodes of Boba Fett? Um, yeah. I cannot wait cannot cannot wait to see mandalore mm-hmm. as as a set as a setting in this show i don't give a shit about carl weathers i don't give a <laughs> shit about any of these other like these other like tasks he has to do i yeah, just want him to go to mandalore i just i oh uh the uh the the scene though of him flying like i'm assuming it's him flying like the mandalorian fighter getting the chased by tight no the mandalorian the mandalorian fighter yeah uh i think it's i thought it was called a blade wing i don't think it is as it sucks on my mind but it's being chased by tie interceptors like give me some interceptors Mm. yeah Uh, we still got a few wednesdays until that happens but we're gonna get this weird crossover of last of us and mando at the same time so talking about people like who's gonna take the first quarter of 2023 Will it be Pedro or will it be Jonathan Major Majors? That's going to be the battle. Who takes the first quarter of 2023? I think it's I think it's Pedro, but that's just me. Yeah, I think it might be too. So he's the heavy and favorite. The, yeah, it's uh it's a nice kind of not having a bombardment of stuff. And then in March, late February, March, we get Yellow Jackets. The, I didn't watch the trailer for that. Weirdly for that, I'm like, I kind of just want to go into Yellow Jackets completely fresh. You know what? I'm one foot in, one foot out. Yeah, uh, I know you were depending on where they where they do where they do with the the season. Um, it's kind of like lost. Like once once you kind of figure out some certain story beats, I just don't really care anymore. Um, they could jump you know, the, the shark very fast. Like they yeah, had a phenomenon of season one. It's showtime, which is eh. yeah. And, they have a hard time sticking the landing because I just yeah. like I don't really care about the supernatural stuff. I really just care about 
if they're not supernatural, but like the mysticism stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. In reality, I just want to see them. I want to see them live in a in a cabin in the woods. I don't really care about this crazy sex cult, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see where that goes. Um, and yeah, like I said, there's not really a lot of news particularly going on. So yeah, right now, if you're watching Prestige TV, you pretty much have that is the news. That is Mando. Mando having the trailer this week, the Ant Man trailer, and then pretty much it's going to be Last of Us, and then it's going to be Bad Batch. Those are the two main things to really chat about for a while. Uh, I will say HBO showed the sizzle rizzle, sizzle rizzle, sizzle reel um, before um, The Last of Us. And man, it just looks, the the White House plumber show caught my attention. I'm interested. Woody. Yeah. I'm interested. Sally, go to your White House. I'm Don't interested. Sally, not Sabrina. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to see Sally. Is Does Woody Harrelson just... Is his bread and butter just like prestige television shows for one season and then like funny cameos in movies? Like that's what I'm guessing. I good enough for me. Yeah. I mean, that cast looks good. We have another season of winning time coming up and then uh succession. We don't have a date. All we know is spring. And I'm I'm guessing that this has to be what follows Last of Us is succession. Yeah, that's I, spring, I'm, I'm imagining like a two, a two or three week gap. And then yeah, it's coming out. Yeah, I'm thinking like March. Yeah, so late March for succession. There's so mm. many lines in that, by the way, when he's like, ah, oh, it's the Rebel Alliance. <laughs> New Gen Royce. I was like, oh shit. No. I think knowing knowing my affinity for the characters now, I think I would find because I always we always talk about how like the first five or six episodes are what you need it, it takes to get into the succession season one. Yeah. Knowing what I know now, what I know what to look for in the show, I need to rewatch the show just to get some of those jokes for a second time that are, that probably went totally over my head. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I've had so many people I've been trying to get them in to watch Succession. Like, yeah, I tried. Like, I hear the same thing from every person now. It's like, oh, I just it's so slow. I'm like, just come on, <laughs> do it. I don't know that, if it's slow. That's kind of the interesting thing. Like, what are you expecting? Like explosions and gunfights? It's like, no, like yeah. you've seen like private helicopters and jets, which is kind of cool. And then like, basically the first hook in that show for me, I think was Tom and Greg. Yeah. Well, first it's Logan. First, first and foremost, it's Logan. But then secondly, especially in season one, it's kind of Tom, it's kind of Tom and Greg. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of season two, it's definitely like what's Kendall going to do. Or season one, it's definitely what's Kendall going to do. Yeah. Uh, all right, we have brought back the list since it's the okay. uh, tenth year anniversary. We're going to try to bring a few gimmicks back that we had from the past. So, so ten some things, of these, ten things for ten years. Ten things for ten years as we lead up to the tenth anniversary on the tenth. So we'll try to fit into something every all the time. Um, just wanted to go. I, I put a poll up yesterday, and actually, people re responded for the first time. You had tons, tons of buyback, tons of buy-in. Yeah. Uh, so some of the some of them we had we had Mortal Kombat three we had Donkey Kong Country two which if you listen to Donkey maybe the best soundtrack of all time and I actually got a few people in the comments saying yeah that's one of the best soundtracks of all time is Donkey Kong Country two uh, Counter Strike yeah. uh, I got the the one of the most bizarre ones was NBA Live 06, which is not a good game it's a bad game NBA Live peaked in 05, but hey that's what you like that's you like Capcom vs Marvel. <laughs> was in there yoshi's island was in there turtles in time was in there um 
there's a few others. So if I forgot your game for oh, um, Final Fantasy Seven, uh, Halo Two, yeah, was in there. So there, there was definitely a hand uh, of you know. It just goes there. to show, um, especially especially within the last ten years. 10, 15 years. Like, so we kind of see a lot of people, their favorite game is kind of one of the first things they ever played as kids. And then secondly, maybe kind of one of the most impactful games is like a young adult with this last generation. So I'm excited to hear, uh, hear what you got to say. Yeah, I, I will say it's funny because we did this, I think first time we did this was after the original Last of Us it was one of the reasons I kind of wanted to bring this back because it's 10 years difference. And I wish I had that list. I kind of remember a little bit of mine but it was, it was a lot of sports games uh, from my list now then to now, and now it's much different. So uh, what we're going to do is I'm going to go 10, Devin will go 10, and so on and so forth. So coming to number 10 for me is uh, probably my favorite platformer, uh, uh, maybe one of my top five favorite platformers, but a platformer that means a lot to me. Whenever you, know, you talk about games being remastered or if there's a chance to have an emulator for a game, this is the first game that I always go to, and it's turtles in time um for me primarily on the super nintendo but the arcade version obviously is fantastic it just it emphasized per it's a perfect party game to have with with people one of the better soundtracks you get there too you kind of hit on what the turtles are and really hits on the turtle uh television show the animated show quite a bit with the villains that you get for the bosses at the end uh and just a fun good time scroller they redid it um for the xbox at one point and then later on now we have the cowabunga collection that you can get on switch and other sides you can play it in but and now shredder's revenge really was obviously a home a homage to that and now you can play uh shredder's revenge on uh, netflix mobile now apparently what? so that's pretty rad so you can play it, uh on there as well but yeah this was uh when you pop this and this uh, this got a lot of pop in the nest back in the day and it's your number 10 that's number 10 yeah Mine is uh, Blasphemous. Nice. Indie game, a couple years old now at this point. Picked it up on sale. Just looking for something that's going to be a quick hitter. Um, but one of the most original settings in terms of the gore, in terms of the, the character design, in terms of you know the religious overtones. Uh, just it, t- it takes everything good about a Metroidvania and just kind of cranks up to 11. It's insanely difficult. Uh, but also very, very fair, hard, but fair. That's kind of like a big theme for my list. <laughs> nice. Um, number nine for me, I had to, this, this was a, a newer edition. It's star Wars fallen order. Uh, just a, a kind of a soul kind of level game, right? It's soul mixed with uncharted level game. It can be, it can be difficult at times. It can be fun at times. It's really one of the best mix of Star Wars. I mean, I have the donkey joke put in insert here, but it does make you feel like a Jedi at times, right? The it way does. you use the force, the way you use your lightsaber, the thinking at times for some of the puzzles you have to use. It's one of the best Star Wars adaptations. Some would say it's the best Star Wars game. I'm sure people are going to say Knights of the Republic is, 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 the, is the standard barrier. But for the modern era, you know, with the new game coming out too, the hype for that is unbelievable. And it's uh it definitely took me away to another level and really impacted my fandom in a way i didn't think it would when i first uh picked up a controller for it really really good star wars story really yeah. really good story yeah great choice my number nine crimson skies high road to revenge original xbox back when they were just pumping out new ideas 
one of the most satisfying satisfying arcade flyers you could have just really fun just to shoot down blimps to get into aa guns and shoot things down to collect you know tokens to upgrade your to upgrade your planes and a really innovative control scheme where you got to click the sticks in different directions and you would do different barrel rolls and stuff a lot of fun very good very good uh, number eight, we go to N64. To me, this is the best wrestling game of all time. WWF No Mercy. There's none other like it. You had the WCW games coming beforehand. It set the way to this. This was the easiest pick and play wrestling game. Uh, when Adam just did our our anticipated list, he talked about the AW game, which is going to take a lot of what No Mercy had. The creator, the creator wrestling feature, the storyline feature in an N64 wrestling game was a different level. The customizations were on parallel both in match types, character types, whatever. It, it It's a pinnacle that still to this day has never been reached. Dang. I've heard good things about it. Uh, number seven, Dead Cells. Mm, yeah, that's your jam. It's, it's, it's a game that I bought on sale, thinking that I was going to kind of pick it up, put it down. That would be, that'd be the end of it. 32 updates later, they are still supporting this game. And they just announced they're going to do a tie-in with Castlevania. Oh wow! Just absolutely crazy. They have, it, you know, they have like a hundred different weapons. They have like a hundred different power-ups. They have all these different levels they've added. And it just, it's just a, it's a. It, I don't know if it's a game that'll ever be finished. Uh, and I'm insanely grateful that I can pick it up at any point in time. There's something new to try out in this game. Well done. I like it. I, I, I actually had a good chance to pick it up when it was on uh, PS Now. And uh, yeah, just an outstanding game on on my honorable mention. Um, number seven, it, like I said, it's so weird looking back at that prior list and how many sports games we had on there. And now I only have one sports game. If I had to pick one, it was NBA 2K12. This is the first one. The Jordans on the cover. You have the Jordan challenges. Mm. It really took uh, the simulation basketball to a different level at that point. Uh, maybe my peak of NBA fandom too, as much as I still love the NBA, this was maybe the peak too in that 2012 level era. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, just, and I think if you talk to anyone, this is the best 2K that people will say is out there. Some people say this is the best basketball game that's ever existed. And the Jordan challenge really existed. They tried to redo it this year. Wasn't the same. Now everything's about my team and VC and everything. Yeah. Yeah. This is now when 2K was a lot more pure. <laughs> no, I remember the, I remember the trailers for that game just being yeah. like, wow, I don't play a lot of sports games, but I was like, dang, I really want to play as Jordan, do the shrug. Mm -hmm. uh, my next pick is Sekiro shadows die twice. I figured it was from software. Out. Yeah. It's just uh, my first from software game, but a game that, uh, like I said, hard, but fair. Uh, I love the idea of action. That's tactical, right? Uh, it was, it's about more about blocking and positioning and conservation of your things rather than it is just spamming a button all over the place because you can't do that or you die. Uh, tons of great exploration and, and tons of great uh, enemy variety. Nice. That's still on my list, but I will never forget the donkey review. Robber! Yeah, hard, hard, hard but fair. Hard but fair. The monkey. And the giant, the sna the giant snake was really cool. Yeah, the monkey boss. Oh my God, that took, that took ages. Uh, number six for me is probably, yeah, I think this is the newest addition to me, and it just jumped to the chart. I should add to, I don't know about Devin, I think we kind of had this conversation beforehand of if what we just put, if we kind of put an expectation of just having one per franchise on here. So when it's mm -hmm. on there, it's under representation of that franchise, because if not, 
some of these would have just been blank. Uh, so number six for me is Mario Odyssey. This game oh. was a reason I desperately wanted to switch. Uh, I never got to play Galaxy. I've never got to play Sunshine still. So I'm still in the awe of that 3D open world, quote unquote, level of Mario. And Odyssey is one of the most fun I've ever had a game. It brought me back to my childhood playing the original NES Mario the original Super Mario, playing Yoshi's Island, which is a game that just missed out on here for me. This is just pure brilliance of what the Mario character is, the fun it can have, the collectibles of wanting to get the moon. It is just absolutely another level of video game brilliancy from Odyssey. It's And it's the, one of the reasons that you absolutely have to get the Switch. They took everything they've learned over for 30 years and made it amazing. Yeah. Great choice. I think it's a good summary. Of, it's, it's a great summary of what makes Mario so great. It really is. Uh, my next one, I think you're right. This this uh, particular choice is kind of endemic of the whole series, but it's Uncharted 4. Mm. Uh, something about Sam and Nathan together, just phenomenal. Uh, the set pieces just completely blow you away. There's probably moments in other Uncharted games that are better overall. Like if we're talking about the train scene from two or, or whatever. As a whole package though, as a backseat gamer, like having part of, you know, having different family members watch me play this whole game. It's fun. It's enjoyable. Swinging around is fun. They really mastered the art of, of making a fun yet impactful game. And uh, there's something about Nathan Drake, Sam, Sully, and Elena that were just like, they're just, they're they're classics at this point maybe coming up for me later uh number five for me this is all thanks to devin and the pushing and the pushing of like no you have to play this this is red dead redemption 2 i wish i could push this higher because man it, it, these this top five was yeah it's hard the, there's a ranking but there's not a ranking at the same no. time this game man I, I haven't gone back to play it but the journey that i have with arthur morgan is one that i would never want to give back it was this was another level of me and, uh, you know, as being kind of a novice gamer and growing, this game was a big part of that for me. It just, the exploration, and I've never played the GTA games and I, I kind of recently played it and they're not for me. I would gladly just play another Red for Dead. There's something about being in that Western world and all you could do. And it, it's funny when you first pick up Red for Dead, you do all the cliche stuff, you rope people, you throw them off mountains and you do all the free world stuff you can do. But then when you ingrain yourself to the story, it adds a whole other element to it. I mean, Donkey said it the best, like what a what a what a beautiful video game. Like it's there's no other way to really say it. It's not often that the prequel is better than the original. Yeah. And this because it's actually my next one up, so we can spend a little bit more time talking about it. But for everyone just wanted to be well? John. Yeah, everyone wanted everyone wanted to be John Marston. Yeah. And then to, for it to be like, no, you're not playing as John Marston. You're playing as Arthur Morgan. And, be, and you're just like, damn, this is so, so, so unfortunate. And you're like, wait a second. Like, why isn't Arthur and uh, Red Dead Redemption one in that? His uh, inevitable downfall and redemption are what make this, this game great. And, uh, you know, I think if we're to talk about a moment that really sold the game for me, when I was like, yes, this is amazing. This is quite literally one of the best things I've ever touched. Mm -hmm. It was them, it was them getting the kid back. Mm, yeah. That's the level. That's 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 the level of the game where you're in. 
Um, and there's, of course, there's tons of like little fun, like, and the funny thing is, is everyone played this. I was just going to say, everyone who's played this game has little things that they just really love about it that really send it out. The Lenny one's hilarious. Um, getting getting drunks, like just a, what a weird level in a video game, but hilarious. But also yeah. when Lenny dies in the bank robbery, uh, just heartbreaking. So Arthur Morgan, like really, really just came out of nowhere to just really ingrain himself in the top characters of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number four. My number four is The Last of Us. Uh, we kind of talked, mm. we don't have to go fully in this because we just talked about the show and everything that works with this in the game. Uh, I really like the second one a lot. And it was really I think hard. two's, stepping back, yeah. I think two's better than one. I do think two is better than one. And I went back and forth with this. I'll go with a slight one for two, one right now because we're in the mode yeah. of one right now. But yeah. as I start reliving the moments from two and stuff I went through from two, I'm like, oh my God, two is yeah. such a different level of of everything, of gameplay, of story, of emotion, uh, of what you have. But The Last of Us, one, really set a template of how you tell a story in video games. Now we're seeing yes. that what we have from the show. It seems like that was the most mature video game that had ever come out at that point, where games yeah. games were not seen as a novelty. They were seen as an art form after that. Yeah, that's my number four. Mine is uh, uh, Jet Set Radio Future. The original oh, it's Xbox. lower than I thought. Well, the, 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 th the three that are above, you'll know why. Uh, yeah, yeah. Packaged package with the original Xbox, which was, which was a gift that I did not deserve when I was 14 years old. A game that took a few weeks for us to realize even how to play it properly. And then once we did, and we started learning how to unlock things, because this is kind of without forums, without... Um, you know, YouTube videos to kind of show us how to do things. Uh, the soundtrack is amazing. The cell shade's amazing. Just one of those really crazy Japanese things that come out to North America that you just like, I don't know what this means, but it's awesome. Yeah, that's definitely uh, an FTN Hall of Famer level game. Uh, number three for me, this was agonizing. <laughs> the pick here. Uh, it's Uncharted. I'll do Uncharted 4. Uh, maybe I'll just say Uncharted 2 because Devin picked 4, but it... it this entire Either series are, is, any of them yeah it's it's ridiculous i think everything that you kind of said by four kind of hit me a little bit more to four that that scene with the truck uh and people know what i'm talking about dragging through the mud and everything you do there is just it's unparalleled to anything yeah. else in any of these games that had last of us hasn't even touched that scene as far as a gaming action scene no as one has moment, touched yeah. that yet it is unparalleled to anything and look i haven't played souls or the new god of war and maybe something in that did uh and if they did let me know and, and dm or whatnot but as far as what i've played nothing has came close to what that was in uncharted 4 just completely blew everything away the emotional story you have knowing this is probably going to be nathan's last journey constantly wondering if nathan's going to die in this the connection with sam and learning with sam the stuff in the prison and that whole build up there it's just just yeah absolutely brilliant and that's my number three it's funny that uh, you play three games and then you start number four and you're like, he has a brother? Like, this is such <laughs> a lame twist. I was so pissed off. I was like, this is yeah. so dumb. And then, like, a couple hours in, you're like, oh, never mind. He's the best. Absolutely. Uh, you're third. Metal Gear Solid Five. Snake! Uh, it's just endemic. I, I played all, this, all the games getting ready for five but i have still yet to play a game 
where the controls are so good. I never, anytime anything happened was a mistake on myself and not a mistake of the physics, the game design, the level design. Yes, it's unfinished. Yes, we'll never really know what happens. Yes, Kojima got shafted. Uh, yes, it also has probably the greatest cutscenes of a video game of all time. But just uh, it, it, from a technical standpoint, I think it's the best game I've ever played. Awesome. Still believe that. Uh, number two for me is Bioshock, which, yeah. man, I, I kind of didn't realize it to this week with Last of Us. because and, and when we did our list yesterday, for a movie draft, I was like, man, I have a lot of horror on here. And I didn't well, used to watch a lot of horror. I'm like, I think Bioshock really set a template for me being okay with thriller and horror genre. And it really sets a, a set for that. And in that early console like generation when we were really pushing story and narrative, along came Metal Gear Solid and Bioshock are two of the main examples that really get used on Half-Life as well. Those mm -hmm. are three of the games that really get used of pushing narrative and pushing a movie-like story of telling uh, what you're going through with the first-person side of things. The twist at the end is fantastic. The power-ups are fantastic. Mm -hmm. And as you move along, it just gets better and better. One of the best first, uh, what are we, third-person, first-person shooters that, we're, that we've ever had. Number two, I like, you know, more than others do. And, and, Infinite, and, and Bioshock 3 Infinite is great. But the one just at a different level of what we have for video games for first-person shooters as we went forward. It might be the single greatest setting of a video game of all time. Yeah, and it's like I, I, just, I will think it's imp impossible to make work in a live-action setting. We'll see what Netflix does, but I'm not sold. We know it was really stands out. You mentioned the the horror thriller genre. It's one of the few and one of the most successful examples of a horror thriller game that didn't rely on supernatural. Yeah, there's science fiction elements to it, but there's no ghosts. Yeah. It's just it. And so that was really kind of haunting in terms of like, these are normal, real people down here. That's what that's what's crazy. This is what happened to normal people. So yeah, great, great, great answer. Mine is uh, my second choice. Second top is Halo 2. Just Halo 2 specifically, the multiplayer is probably the greatest multiplayer experience on console that might ever on console that might ever exist. You know the greatest um, thing about Halo 2, Devin? It just says two on the box and you know what game it is. <laughs> it does. Right? It that's does. The, that's the bonkers thing about it. I remember like basically everything about it when it came out. So um and then just spending hours and hours those playlists on the multiplayer were so good. The the multiplayer leveling up system was so good. It was so demanding, so challenging. So uh the game probably the game i put the most time in of, of this whole list number one for me is mortal Kombat. now i I, I went back and forth on this i would say if you want to go to the original ultimate mortal Kombat is probably the top there but i look at mortal Kombat 9 of how it brought back the franchise it told a fantastic story that you know for someone that grew up and you had to read all the dialogue of the arcade or the NES Super NES version throughout the time and now you bring it into number nine and you're giving me these live action cutscenes of what I had read and what I had thought about all these these characters throughout the year and then one of the hardest boss battles I it took me so long to be Chuck on he was a bastard he was so hard to defeat uh 
ultimately, like I, I went back and forth between Bioshock and Mortal Kombat, but I think I'd be remiss with how much I pump Mortal Kombat on here constantly. At the end of the day, it's my favorite video game franchise that we've had and the story and everything I'm, I'm such a fan of. And really at a young age, but I think maybe that's why I'm okay and adjusted to gore at this point. It's because being raised on Mortal Kombat in those days of Chuck E. Cheese and Easy Street in the arcade. It's uh, It disrupted the entire video game industry. Yeah. Like just nothing was the same after that. And it just unlocked this whole idea of gore and maturity in games that I think had not really been established yet. Mm-hmm. Great choice. My number one, one of the hardest video games of all time, Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I didn't realize I was a glutton for punishment until I started Which playing Which one this is game it though? It. Is it the NES, the NES version? No, man, the, the, the Xbox version. The Xbox version. Yeah, that's a hard one too. Just such a classic. Uh, holds up really, really well. F- fantastic combat, great parry system, great combo system, and so demanding, yet fair, yet punishing. And uh, I know, I think I beat it like seven, eight, eight times. I, by the end, I was beating it within three hours, and I was like collecting everything about it. Just, uh, just a really entertaining video game. Blood, um, gore, violence, crazy story, great action. Yeah, it's one of the top. It's one of the top. I think when you look nunchucks, at games like... Nunchucks with swords on them. What more do you want? When you look at games like Sekiro and some of these other, like even some Soul Calibers and stuff like that, and you talk about difficulty, Ninja Gaiden, Gaiden is yeah, uh, it's, one of the it's games the, that it, comes up. It, template. It, uh, it was created... Souls games owe a lot to, to that game specifically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, two honorable mentions on there. There's there's three, really. So three honorable mentions. Uh, like I said, Yoshi's Island, which kind of is a Mario game, but kind of more of a Yoshi game, which I thought was like the way that Ness went out with that as a platformer was just different level of that. Uh, one of the best soundtracks. Now some of that soundtrack is in Universal at Super Mario World and Universal, which I'm super jazzed at. But the two hardest cuts I had that just missed out, Madden 04, just missing out Madden 04, I think is Madden 0405 is the peak of Madden after that it completely falls. And with how many hours I put into this, this almost made 10 and it went back and forth between this and Turtles in Time and nostalgia won out. But number the 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 10B was Animal Crossing. And how much time I put into Animal Crossing. That got wow. me through uh COVID. It got me through uh, a lot of just hours and hours and hours I put into Animal Crossing. Great. Uh, some of my some of my honorable mentions: God of War, Last of Us, mm. uh, Horizon Zero. It's 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 got to be like a. I think it's just a ten. It's mm. maybe like ten B, ten C, and the reason why is because I think it has a crazy emotional aspect to it that I'm really connected to. I just don't go back and want to play them very often but i'm very happy with deeper gaming catalog that i have too so when you you look at some of the games you have like i don't have the halos or the sekiros and stuff like that so i can understand it yeah it's just one of those things where i love how i feel when i'm playing last of us but i don't want to go back re-back and visit it often because it makes you feel so shitty sometimes (laughs) it does yeah It, it it hurt not to have uh sonic on here as well sonic 2 well, even just a game like Super Smash Brothers, Mario Party, um, Ocarina of Time, oh yeah, like Tetris, like I don't Donkey know, Kong. like we 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 can really go down the rabbit hole if we really wanted to. But 
a lot of these games, they scratch one specific itch for me. And that's why they're all on my list. There's very few games that actually do the same thing twice. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. So there you go. Uh, we'll try to come up with these lists um, maybe bi-weekly, maybe weekly. We'll see where everything goes. Uh, thanks everyone for listening to FTN. You can catch us everywhere on social media at Fresh Take 42. And until next time, folks, cheers and enjoy the day, people.